0: Hello, this is A.R. Bernard, and welcome to my podcast. My objective, it's simple, to create a platform where you can be educated, informed, and inspired as you navigate the intersection of faith and culture. If you have no faith, maybe you'll find it here. So, thanks for tuning in. We are in a season of renewal, and it is God's pattern that after every major disruption, there is a season of renewal. Uh, In church-speak, it's called revival, but I'm not talking about the revival where we gather in a tent, have a guest speaker and a guest artist. No, I'm talking about the kind of renewal that is on a personal level, that is on a relational level, that is on uh, the renewal of purpose, that's on a structural level, and eventually impacting the culture. And that's the kind of renewal that we're going to be talking about. Pastor Jamal has been working with the team to really lay that out next year in our calendars and as a theme uh, in terms of uh, our programming, etc. But I want you to have an expectation uh, of God renewing your life, renewing every aspect. Jesus said in John 15, every branch in me that bears fruit, I will purge it. I will prune it so that it can become more fruitful. So the process of pruning is a process of purification, usually by way of crisis, but the objective is to lead to greater productivity. So God wants not only that you bear fruit, but that you bear much fruit and that your fruit should remain. So what is produced out of your life, out of God in you, is not only productive and and flourishing, but it's sustainable, it perpetuates from generation to generation, not only in you, but in the lives of people that you touch. I, 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 that's a, a, amazing. I think for the younger generation that has been joining
1: the church, because remember, during COVID, we end up receiving a lot of newer individuals. And just talking about the pruning process from both you know, a horticultural perspective, but also a biblical perspective would be great. So if we can have one of those, you know, because some of the pruning processes get rid of stuff that's taking away energy unnecessarily from you.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, we, were, we were, you know, having a, a, a little uh, sharing this morning before service uh, upstairs, and um, we were talking about, you know, the season that we're in and other issues, and of uh, was Curtis Martin who asked me a question. He said, you know, in terms of the church, uh, what has been the, and I'm paraphrasing this, what has been the word? What has come out of this season, uh, essentially? And I said corporately, two words, effectiveness and efficiency. Effectiveness and efficiency. The ministry, all the things that we have been given and trusted by God to do and accomplish, we have become more efficient and more effective with the use of our resources, our time, our talent, our treasury, people, uh, systems, structures, all of those things. And for me personally, a deeper walk with God. And that's what's come out of this season of disruption. And I will tell you, it'll either draw you close to God or you'll allow what's going on to move you away from God. It is your choice. But for me, and and please understand, it's not the institution of Christianity that saved me. It's the person of Jesus Christ that saved me. So it is that person that has enriched my life and has been at the forefront of my relationship. Um, Someone uh, sent me something about returning to your first love. And you know, that comes out of Revelation. And I never left my first love. (laughs) My first love is the knowledge of God in Christ. That is my first love. And that is the passion that has driven me devotionally to God in practice in terms of my daily life, my family, my values, my sense of purpose, all of that it is the person of Jesus. And the, the church is community, that's important. But your relationship with the Lord Jesus is what's critical.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: That's what sustains you. Christ in you, the hope of glory. Mm-hmm. The glory of an object is its intrinsic value, its worth. And to glorify it is to remove all hindrances to the full revelation of that value. So purification is cutting off the stuff that keeps holding you down and holding you back so that you can move forward. And I will tell you, during a season of purification, you start to feel a lot lighter because a lot of stuff that was just unnecessary and pulling from you, drawing from you, God begins to remove and cut away so yeah. that you can be more productive. I'm pre- this is good preaching yeah. already, you know.
1: I, I didn't mean for you to do it today. Oh, okay. okay. But yeah. Okay. <laughs> and, 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 and one of the things that you, you hit on really well is that you go deeper, right? So the process, and what happens is there's something that happens when you're going through a pruning process to the root. So it's, it's like a shock to the tree or the, or the plant. Uh, and the roots start getting prepared for growth. Mm. Right? Because as it grows, it has to be strong enough at its roots to handle the, weathers, the weathering of the storms. Right? The weathering of the storms as you grow, your roots have
0: to be able to handle that. That's good. That And those storms are inevitable. Mm-hmm. Jesus said, in the world, you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. Yeah, but I got saved. I've overcome. What's that? I'm saved. I, you're saved. Yeah, I'm going to get tri- tribulation too still? Of course. Man. Of course. Let me tell you, I can tell you about the, the woman that used to go to Baptist church and she came to CCC. And she wrote me a letter of complaint. She said when she was in the Baptist church, everything was fine. She came here and all hell broke loose. <laughs> <laughs> so I simply said that, you know, the thief only comes when you got something to steal. Amen. Now, now you say that again. Ooh. No, no, swoo, what, what is he, that? <laughs> he hates that. <laughs> but is it true? It is true. All right, the devil's a thief, and the thief only comes where there's valuables. And as you grow in your faith and relationship with God, your value to the kingdom and to humanity should increase. Amen. And as your value increases, the temptation and the testing increases. Mm -hmm. We live life on what? Devils. We arrive in? dangers. Absolutely. And as we move from one level to another, new level, new devil. Mm -hmm. Amen? Amen. Amen. And last week, we talked about the fact that it's a war of words. words. Come on, talk back to me, CCC. Words. It's a war of Words. 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 And can I just say something real quick? I apologize. When
1: Pastor was saying that, I felt to say, um, for your marriage, is is? I don't know if it's somebody dealing with a marriage or, or issue right now, I just because you go to a new level, uh, and you said that if it, there's value there, that's where the devil wants to steal, right? Somebody's dealing with a situation in their marriage and there's value there, and when Pastor's talking about words, you got to speak words into that marriage uh, to increase and protect it. Whoever's dealing with that,
0: just protect that marriage. All right, so you picked up a word of knowledge. Let me speak a principle into that. Whatever you appreciate in life increases in value. Mm -hmm. Whatever you depreciate in life decreases in value. So when husband and wife appreciate each other, their value to each other increases and the value of the marriage increases. Mm -hmm. When they depreciate each other through their what? Words. Words. words, all right, the value of the relationship decreases and makes it more vulnerable to extramarital affairs and outside influence to disrupt that relationship. So you've got to speak words of appreciation to build each other up and, 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 and love. How may understand what I'm talking about. Words matter. Yes. Your words matter. I apologize for interrupting. No, no. Don't ever apologize for being led by the Holy Spirit. And we, and we confirm that. Amen? Amen? So, I wrote a word. Did you all? Did I spell it right? Because, you know, they spell check me. <laughs> I spell check it right here. All right. Anthropomorphization. You say spell checkers. I, my spell helpers. <laughs> they help you. They check me. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Just brutal. To anthropomorphize is to portray something in human forms to help us understand it. Mm -hmm. How many know that mice don't really talk? And I know this is a shocker for those of you who love Mickey Mouse and these other characters (laughs) and cartoons, et cetera. No. No, we, we, we ascribe human characteristics in order to give understanding. And one of the things that is important is that when you read the Bible, you will find human characteristics ascribed to God. Like God got angry. It grieved God. God does not experience human emotion and emotions the way we do because God is impassive. In other words, God doesn't go through a process in order to arrive somewhere. He's already there. Got it? So to say that, that the Lord, it grieved the Lord or God was grieved is to say that something happened, took him through a process that ended with grief. Got it? God doesn't deal that way. In the person of Jesus, which is Christ, God in Christ, experiencing humanity and in, in real time, When you see Jesus wept and all that again, it was the expression of human feelings. This is why that's what's so beautiful and brilliant about it. God became one of us to right here where we experience life, to experience it in front of us. Because in his hiddenness, it could seem like he's totally removed and we could pray faulty prayers like, Lord, you don't know, Lord, you don't understand. Far from the truth. Christ was an illustration, the ultimate illustration, that God knows and that God understands. And that's why we, 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 are so, we celebrate so much Christmas, because it's the Word being given a body, the Word coming in human form and dwelling among us so that we could have a high priest who is touched with the feelings of our weaknesses, our struggles. So when we go to him, we go to someone who fully understands our experience. How many of you ever had to deal with someone who just didn't understand what you were going through? <laughs> and that could be a challenge, mm-hmm. right? Because they could say, you know, ah, it's going to be okay. You don't know understand what I'm feeling. What I'm and, and, and the realm of emotions can become so real that it can transcend truth and facts. And that's why you have to educate your emotions. You've got to send them to school. They play a very important part. That's why God made it a part of the integrated system of the human person, the human being. So in the scripture, we can read things that ascribe human characteristics to God. What it's simply doing is saying, if God were human, he would feel grief. He would feel anger. He would feel resentment. He would... Repent that he did certain things. It begins in Genesis where it repented the Lord that he made man, right? So it's ascribing to him human forms, but don't let that become God to you. God transcend, transcends all of that. You know, you must of them. Okay, let me behave. We're going to talk about what does it mean for
1: the Lord to repent? Because in our context, repent means from doing something
0: Sinful. Well, in the context of Genesis, the, beginning, the first few chapters of Genesis where it says, the repents the Lord that he made man, it meant that he changed his mind about something that he did. God doesn't need to change his mind. He's already, he's already in, 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 and if I could say this in our language, in, in our finite existence, he's already examined it, in a split second every possible outcome and scenario. Mm -hmm. Got it? So he knows, through his foreknowledge, he knows how things are going to play out. So to say that he made man and then repented or felt sorry or was remorseful or regret that he did it, all right, is to say that he did something without knowing the outcome. But that's not true. What is simply expressing is the human grief that comes with doing something and it not working out the way you wanted to do it. Because remember, the redemption of humanity was done and put in place and planned and organized before Adam was created. Christ, as the lamb, was slain from the foundation of the world. So before humanity existed and sinned, God was already ready. Mm -hmm. Did you hear that? Which means no matter what decision you make, no matter what you get into, God was already ready for it. Amen. That's what I was talking about this morning. He has a
1: plan. <laughs> There's a plan. You know, because anthropomorphizing God sometimes can become a tension place in the immutability of God. Right? To understand both concepts, you'll you find yourself at a tension. He's the same. Yet Yesterday, today, means He
0: doesn't go through yep. levels nope. of change to arrive somewhere. His immutability means he doesn't change. How I many you know he's the same yesterday, today, and forever? And that's important because people change up on you based upon their feeling, their particular circumstance, situation, you know, all that stuff comes into play. God is not schizophrenic. God is not an emotional wreck. Are you with me? No matter what the circumstance or situation, he's even killed. He's the same. He's moving in there. His actions may express anger. His actions may express in our thinking, all right, forms of grief and regret, etc. But God doesn't have to go through all of that stuff. And thank God. See? This is important, folks. You know why? Here's, here's a critical, critical reason why. So when you go to God, right, in prayer, you don't have to try to move him emotionally in your favor, He's already there before you ask, before you thought of it, before you arrive, before you experience it. He's already there waiting to move on your behalf, waiting to bring the solution, waiting to open the door, waiting to level the playing field. He's already there, ready and armed. And he says, but ask. Jesus said, your heavenly father knows what you have need of, but ask. Because asking is a step of faith. And we walk by, come on, faith and not by sight. The just shall live by faith. That's who we are. So he's built a system for us to function in, to access his power, his ability. That's why we say we are blessed and highly favored because we believe and affirm that it is our state of existence. Oh, I can't hear you. <laughs> you got to get there, folks, because that's what will give you peace in the midst of turmoil, struggle, confusion. That's what will settle your mind, keep you grounded in spite of what's going on around you. And that's why when we talk about signs of the time, we're not going to talk about the devil's doing, we're we'll talk about what God's doing. And when the scripture says that these things in the Old Testament were written for our learning, for our admission, so that we would have hope, we look at what he did with the nation of Israel. He created a community of people and he demonstrated how he could provide for them, guide them, lead them, be light for them in the midst of darkness, in the midst of lack, in the midst of all of that. So when we look at that, we say, if he did it for them, oh, come on, talk to me, church. When David faced Goliath, what did he do? He pointed to the times that God helped him with the lion, with the bear. (laughs) Getting pumped here, getting pumped. So yes, there's going to be economic downturn. There's going to be all types of crisis and conditions that are unfavorable. But read the Old Testament, folks. God was able to make his people prosper in spite of economic conditions, in spite of physical circumstances, in spite of war. Come on, people. You've got to know the God that you serve and who you are to him. You are his workmanship. And Jesus' prayer, Father, I pray not that you take them out of the world, but in the world, protect them from the evil one. Now, if anybody's going to get an answer to prayer, it's Jesus. He prayed for your protection. How many believe in his prayer? Then we need to live like it, walk like it, act like it. And this is where your words come into play. Words. Are we? Oh, anthropomorph, anthropomorphizations. You asked me about angels. Last week. Oh no, I didn't ask you about angels. You didn't ask me about angels? No.
1: You said you had questions when I brought up angels. No, we have questions. Because you made a statement that the way angels war against each other is through words. So now when we start having a conversation based on this is what our pastor taught us, we need sources to back up those claims. So we were looking for the sources to back up those claims to help us have these educated conversations when we're out with these individuals because they know we go to CCC.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And look at y'all clapping him on. (laughs) Because we,
1: the people, (laughs) need some answers. (laughs)
0: So, before we go to sources, let's deal with the false assumptions. Yep, okay. All right, because narratives inform our assumptions, our beliefs, our assumptions, and our choices. Do angels have wings?
1: <laughs> See, now they want me to answer for them, but.
0: <laughs> Do angels have wings? Let's
1: go to Isaiah.
0: You go to CCC. You <laughs> angels have
1: wings? Come on, saints. Oh, I saw an angel with six wings, two covering their eyes, two covering their... <laughs> Who's in Isaiah with me? Oh, what a wretched man am I. Who will what? God send? <laughs> Do
0: <laughs> angels have wings? Let's back up a bit. See how how well you were listening. Does God grieve? (laughs) If we engage in anthropomorphizations about God, we will also engage in anthropomorphizations about angels. Mm -hmm. Because you read in Scripture that Ezekiel, Isaiah and others had visions of angels, and they saw wings, right? Then you've got to ascribe everything else to them. You see, that's why uh, hermeneutic is so important. How you interpret Scripture is so important. How many read in Revelation a description of Jesus where his feet was on fire, he had an afro, it was white, hair like lamb's wool? Have you ever seen lamb's wool? It's curly. How many read that? All right. Is that Jesus? In fact, in the same description, he had a sword coming out of his mouth. And through that sword that was coming out of his mouth, he subdued the nations. So what did he do? Take the sword out of his mouth and go to work? This is symbolic language.
1: And, in and, Ephesians, it says... And, and, and if I may jump real quick, that's the scripture that Hebrews, I, Hebrew Israelites used to justify that God, Jesus was black. But, so just put that in a side note, because we're still going to have little bits of conversation about the Hebrew Israelites. But go ahead, I apologize. So the sword in, in Ezekiel. <laughs>
0: When you read in Ephesians about the armor of God, there's only one weapon. And yes, you could use your helmet as a weapon, but it's, it's designed to protect your head, right? You could use your shield as a weapon, but it's designed to protect you, right? Breastplate, everything. There's only one offensive weapon, and it's the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. So when you read the Scripture and you find language, you've got to say, do I take this literally or is this symbolic language? Is it metaphor? Is it a figure of speech? I've got, you've got to come to that first of all. And sometimes it's just a matter of anointed common sense.
1: <laughs> that don't need to write that down. Even that's real.
0: Yeah. <laughs> anointed common sense, folks. All right? We ascribe wings, and this happened early on, especially as they began to paint um, pictures of things that they imagined happening in heaven, like the artists early on in early Christian history. Right, Washington. And it became um, war in heaven. So they would actually picture in human terms. They would take our experience, right, and translate it into the heaven. They would. They would, they would lay it over the heavens and say, and you, you would see angels' with wings and swords, right, on a horse, and they were going at it, right? Let's deal with the faulty assumptions. Do angels have wings? No. Wings are to help you fly. Angels don't need wings to fly.
1: But angels when fly? When Jesus...
0: Yes, they they, they fly in terms of, we think, they're able to move through air and space unassisted. Because when Jesus left, remember, in the book of Acts, right? What happened? He met with his disciples, said, stay in Jerusalem till you're endued with power, Acts chapter 1, right? And then what happens? He ascends. He ascends up into heaven. Was he doing this? No, the wings are doing that. Angels are spirit beings. That's where it begins. And what's the source? The Bible. Mm-hmm. Angels are spirit beings. They don't need wings. They don't have physical bodies, even though they can take, assume bodily form. They are transcend, they transcend us. They're higher beings. We were made a little lower than the angels. They are transcendent beings. So, when, when beautiful passage in, in the Old Testament prophet, the prophet says, speaking on behalf of God, he that made the air, can he not hear? He that made the eyes, can he not see? He that made the mouth, can he not speak? But does God need a physical mouth to speak? No. Does God need a physical ear? to hear. Does God need physical eyes to see? No, he's God. Jesus said, God is spirit. They can experience sight, hearing, intellectual exchange, all of that without a physical body. We think in terms of the, in the realm of the physical, we think in terms of the physical. Don't you limit God like that. So angels are highly powered, transcendent being, and even the word angel, by the way, is the word messenger. It is not the designation of a species of being. Mm-hmm. They are spirit beings and in the spirit realm, all right? The exchange is intellectual.
1: Come on, how much is this, this helping, right? This is helping reshape our thinker, reshape some
0: of our lenses. See, we, 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 we think and we try to translate everything here. Mm -hmm. So we come up with these illustrations. The Trinity is, is like the sun. You can see the light, it has chemical reaction, and you can feel the heat. (laughs) That does a poor job of explaining the Trinity. (laughs) But it helps us to process things that are a mystery, things that transcend us. How do you with a finite mind, fully comprehend the infinite. Amen. You can't. Mm -hmm. You can't. So the writers, under the agency of the Holy Spirit, would use language that was familiar to us, Mm -hmm. that makes sense to us in our human context to describe things that are spiritual.
1: As well as the
0: intellectual ability to articulate that language. Absolutely. Of the author. Yeah. So so that's why, you know, they're not, look, when when Jesus said, I saw Satan cast down like lightning from heaven, all right, first of all, if you take that literally, Satan has to be confined to a body, and that body has to be able to fly, (laughs) be thrown down from somewhere up there to the earth. So we see this physical, boom, spirits don't land like that. They don't even take up time and space like that. I'm going to understand what I'm talking about. Are you with me so far? Yeah, yeah I'm going get it. You, you, know, you got them thinking. Angelology. That's good. I want you yeah, to think. Yeah, they're thinking. When you read the scripture, you need to think. Because mm-hmm. we take a lot of things for granted when we read the scripture. Until we stop and say, well, wait a minute. Right? What does that mean? What does that look like? And that's not a violation. God wants you to inquire. He wants you to ask, seek, knock. He wants you to engage in the scripture of the Old Testament. Isaiah says, come, let us reason together. How many read that? Okay, yeah. So God wants you to engage in spiritual thinking and reflection because that's what grows your understanding, to embrace these very deep and profound things that the only word that we can apply to them is a mystery. Even the Trinity, it takes faith to embrace it Believe in it, right? The word Trinity is not in the Bible, but we've come to that conclusion by what we've seen of God interacting in space and time, human history, all right, and how he's presented himself. So we, the early fathers had to come up with ways of expressing this, and so they came up with creeds, and they would continue to refine those creeds as they, as they grew. So angels are spirit beings. They are immaterial. They don't have a body, they don't need a body, but they can assume a body, bodily form. They can assume bodily form. So when we think of, of angels, they don't war the way we think. Of. Listen, Jesus, Jesus is there, he's on, he's on trial, it's, it's, it's preparing for the whole mock trial and to sentence him to death, right? And what's the, what's the conversation with him in Pilate, right? Are you a king? Jesus says, you say it, which means you say it correctly. I am a king, All right? He said, my kingdom is not of this world. Otherwise, my servants would fight. Did you hear that? Mm-hmm. To Pilate, he understood that as military. As physical confrontation with weaponry, etc. Are you with me? That's what he was talking about. Jesus said, my kingdom is not of this world. It's not a product of human thinking and human understanding. Otherwise, there would be a physical interaction because that's how the kingdoms of this world rise and fall.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, did you get that? Please, don't let it? that go over. All right. So when Jesus, I shared the text with you last week in, in Luke four eighteen, right? where Jesus gets up in the temple, they hand him the book of the prophet Isaiah, and he begins to read from the, what we know chapter 61, because in those days there were no chapters and verses as we know it now. He, he reads from that section. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, for the Lord has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor, right? Yep. Open prison doors, set the captives free, set at liberty those that are bound. How is he going to do that? Did he have a military force behind him? No. He didn't. How did he do it? With his? That's why when he spoke and, and, and the, the priests and leaders sent a delegation of soldiers, Roman soldiers, so they were using Roman authority to go to Jesus, to listen to him, all right, to, to find something he says wrong so they could arrest him, right? They come back empty-handed. And the leaders who sent them out said, Well, what happened? Mm-hmm. They responded by saying, We never heard anybody speak like that. <laughs> and the leaders said to them, Have you been tricked too? <laughs> but his words, he cast out evil spirits with his word. When, when, when the storm had come and the boat was rocking, the disciples were concerned. What did he do? He got up and he, peace, be still. The power of words, all right? Um, I had sent you an article. I don't know if you got a chance to look at it. No. Elon Elon Musk. i many have heard of Elon Musk? You must have heard of him. So that was free. Those are the jokes he hates. So he takes over Twitter, right? And I think you've got the statistics there. Let me see if I find him. All right, so he takes over Twitter, and there was an article that showed hate speech on the rise since he took over Twitter. Before Elon Musk bought Twitter, slurs against black Americans showed up on the social media service an average of 1,282 times a day. After the billionaire became Twitter's owner, they jumped to 3,876 times a day that someone was making a slur against black Americans. Mm -hmm. Come on. Anti-Semitic posts referring to Jews or Judaism soared more than 61% in the two weeks after Elon Musk acquired Twitter. What are we talking about? Come on, what are we talking about? There was an investigation that found that Russian news media, all right, because the, the, the state, the government controls the media. So they determine what's said and what's not said. Are you getting the picture here, folks, or about words? So what they did was video record some of the political statements that were being made by American television shows, American political pundits, CNN, Fox, they, they just gathered a collection of them, right? And they doctored it up and put it on Russian media, television media, which which reaches 10 million people. And the picture that they painted was that America was deteriorating and economically collapsing because it can't support the war. Are you hearing me, folks? And they were showing some voices and faces from American television to support it. That is propaganda so that the people in the nation will continue to support a war that they think they're on the right side of. Are you with me? Yes. It is the power of what? Words. A war is being fought by what? Words. The interviews, the president of the Ukraine, Putin's statements, all of these things are about what? Words. words because words stir people. Yes. Let me ask you a question. How many of you have ever been insulted by words? How many of you ever been hurt by words? We communicate in life in three ways. How many remember this teaching? Come on. Word, gesture, and what? Spirit. Spirit. What are words? Words are symbols whether that symbol is a group of letters or a letter by itself, words are symbols that we learn and understand that are used to convey information, knowledge, ideas, sentiments, and attitudes. We use words. We use them every day, right? So we use these symbols. In the English language, it's English letters and English words, in French, Spanish, around the world. But these are what? Come on, symbols, they're what? Symbols, they're symbols that convey knowledge, information, sentiments, attitudes, ideas, all through the power of what? Words. Words, gesture. Gesture is the use of the body, bodily movement, to convey knowledge information sentiment attitude ideas right come on think about think about the whole idea of of emojis <laughs> i got to go to him today. <laughs> what, what's an emoji? You don't, even have to, you don't even have to spell it out now, shaking my head. Just put SMH. And what comes up? An icon. That's symbolic. It's a symbol that you know right away, correct? In fact, because we're becoming a more multilingual, multicultural America, all right, the systems are changing from the typical... English words to symbols. So now the bathroom, you have what? A picture of what looks like a female with a skirt and a male without a skirt. Right? Now they've taken it a step further now. Now they have them side by side with the same bathroom. Next stop, they're going to overlay them and leave it up to you. But it's the power of what? Symbols. And symbols are powerful. The American flag is a symbol, a very powerful symbol, symbol around the world. The World Trade Center, were there were symbols of American power, economically and politically, etc. How many understand what I'm talking about? See? You dress in a way to symbolize your attitude and your feelings and your values and your thoughts and your ideas. Not necessarily today, but your normal dress. <laughs> Come on, isn't it true? How many, how many of you would say there's certain things you just won't wear? Come on, put your hand up. What is this? There's certain things you just won't wear. Amen? So how you dress is an expression. It conveys something about you, who you are as a person. This is how we communicate. And spirit, spirit is simply your, your attitude, which is your intellectual and emotional disposition. It conveys something because you have experienced where people have said something with their mouth but said something else with their attitude. Said something with their mouth but said something totally different with their gestures. The entire universe is built on Words. How do wars and conflicts get started? Because of something somebody said. How do you make it into the newspapers? Because somebody caught what you said. I live with a certain principle. The mic is always on and the camera is always rolling. Mm-hmm. Recording. Because you never know when someone's going to grab something you said, your words, take it out of and then present it by itself. We do that with Scripture. We'll take something out of context, present it by itself. And it means one thing by itself, but something totally different when you read it in context. Words. And God said, Mm -hmm. let there be light, and there was light. How did he create all of this? With what? His? Come on. How does he sustain all of this? With his? How does all of this function? With? So an angel's war, it's a war of intellect based upon what the Bible has revealed about their true nature and character without the anthropomorphization that we give them. Angels don't need wings to fly. They're not. They're immortal, immaterial. All right. So, so don't, they don't have lightsabers and <laughs> cut off the angel's head. No, you can't do that to a spiritual being. You're thinking materially. You can't think that way, folks. You've got to elevate your thinking to understand what you're dealing with. Amen? Amen. Listen, if it was up to the devil, he'd walk up to you and punch you in the face. Are you with me? He would kidnap your children. Wreck your house. Get, watch you at the ATM machine, get your code, and empty your bank account. He'd do all of that if his fight was in the physical realm. But it's not. How did Jesus deal with the devil? With what? Words. And the devil showed that he is also a master of what? Words. It's all about words. That's the war that we're in. That's where it takes place. Um, oh, man, what's the guy's name? He was sued, and the court decision was that he had to pay a billion dollars in damages oh, the, for, for Connecticut? To the... Yeah, Connecticut. Sandy, oh, Hook. Sandy Hook. All right. What, what's the guy's name? Alex Jones. Alex Jones. Jones. Alex Jones. All right. What cost him one billion dollars? His? Words. Why? Because they were false. He preached that Sandy Hook and those poor children that were killed and all the others was a hoax, that it was a lie. Are you with me? He was held accountable and the courts in holding him accountable said, you've got to now pay $1 billion to these families that you took through emotional trauma, hurt. And how many others who believe what Alex Jones said? attack these families in their own neighborhoods how how was it done with what words. and he was being held accountable for his what words, words have creative power it's a war of words democracy is an ideology constructed by words. communism is an ideology constructed by word socialism is an ideology constructed by words and every other ism it is words folks you'll be transformed by the renewing of your what Nine. come on that's why the devil is a liar you lie with what And a lie is designed to create a contrived reality to get you to believe in it and then function in it. So he lies to you again and again and again and again. And he doesn't know it's working until you act it out. He lies to you about God, lies to you about yourself. Lies to you about your value, your self-worth, your talent, your ability, your capacity, your relationship with God. He lies to you. And what is he trying to do? Manipulate you. Undermine and disrupt your success and your productivity. It is a war of words. And the more of God's word that you have in your heart and mind, the more prepared you are for the war, because there will be war. We're gonna break it down. I think, I think we need to break this down, mm-hmm. right? James, oh, we're out of time. Oh man, what James said? All right.
1: I don't know. Those who are watching FIFA, they probably have it on their phone now, because you know, FIFA did the World Cup today. The World Cup over CCC Sunday service? I'm just, I'm not. I'm just letting you know. When you see them running out, <laughs>
0: put your phone down. Who's on? Who's who watching now? <laughs> James says. Where do wars and fighting come from among you? And then he breaks it down brilliantly, and we have a a tertiary reading of that text and miss what he's really trying to get across. So the next time we're together, we'll unpack it. Amen? Amen? Did you get anything out of this today?
1: I, and and I, I think as we study this, we, start, we should take a different perspective on our prayer life, right? Uh, I think, you know, as we do, uh, dig deeper into it and looking at it, say, okay, these aren't just words when you're praying. You know, there's something significant about the, you know, the, the, when you're going to God, petitioning to God, even to the point where you start speaking in tongues. So that really needs to start being broken
0: up right? Yeah, get into spiritual aspects of it. Uh, <laughs> but folks... That's why you've got to get your head together. The devil would love to keep you ignorant. And again and again, Jesus said, all right, what? Beware, let no man deceive you. Deception is intended to manipulate you and undermine your flourishing that God intended for you. He came that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly, all right? Even for him to have to declare he's not the thief, meant that there are a lot of words out there that have pointed to him, framed him as the thief, and he has to come and correct that. That's why we'll be transformed by the renewing of our what? And what do we renew our mind with? What word? Not just any word. The word of God. Jesus said, sanctify them, set them apart, make them different through your truth. Your word is truth. Thank God that he preserved it. For thousands of years and there are those who appreciate it to the degree that they can put it on our phone so that we have it with us all the time. God probably said they're going to have their phone with them so I better get my word on that thing. You could have 32, 35, 36 different translations and then books that support and give commentary. And if you don't know Greek, we got that. We got you for that. You don't know Hebrew, Aramaic, we got you for that. Words, folks. Words. And that's why every idle word is going to be judged. You want to make, idle means empty. You want to make sure that all of your words are faith-filled. That they will heal. That they will bring grace. That they they are spoken with. Do the gesture. (laughs) I think Minister Misha has some words for us.
2: (laughs) Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. So just to review our anthropomorphic scorecard. Mice do not talk. But donkeys might. In King James language, God spoke through an ass. So read your Bible. And do not worship Mickey, and do not let your mouse write a check that your ass can't count. King James speaking. King James speaking. It's in my Bible. Praise the Lord. We close every service by saying that Jesus is Lord, but we can't do that without giving someone the opportunity to make him Lord. There may be a lot of things on your mind today. There may be a lot of things in your way. Your talk may have limited your ambition. The words, the painful words that people have spoken to you may have limited your sense of purpose. Your walk may have taken you some places that you didn't want to go. You may be locked in a prison of your own making or, or the, the generational legacy of things that other people left for you. And you feel like you're blocked from your destiny. And if you're looking to the clock, you feel like you're running out of time. The good news today is that jesus is the rock the rock on which the and on the rock of revelation knowledge he said he would build his church it is that revelation knowledge that will transform our lives today so we want to offer someone the opportunity to receive that transformed life pastor gave you a warning today getting saved doesn't mean the problems will go away they may get worse You have to go through the fire to come out shining. You have to go through the storm to get to the sunshine. But beyond the clouds, the sun is still shining. And beyond our sin, the sun is still shining. Before you even sinned, God had a plan to forgive you of it. Jesus said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind. To declare at liberty those who are pressed, To proclaim the year of the Lord's favor Jesus came to set the captives free and that is good news can we give God praise the good news is that a holy God so loved a rebellious world that he sent his only begotten son to live a sinless life die in our place and rise from the grave conquering death and in doing so he paid the price for our sin and gives us a right to everlasting life and if we are willing to know him, if we are willing to serve him, if we are willing to trust him, he is willing to meet us today, which means that we can be saved. Romans ten nine says that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. So with every head bowed and every eye closed, if you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life and you'd like to, I'd like to pray for you today. I'm just going to ask you, to raise your hand. I'm speaking to you on the broadcast as well. I can't see your hands, but we'll be praying with you. If you walk with God and walked away, I'm talking to you. Just raise your hand. If you know in this season that you need to be set free, if you know in this season that you need healing, if you know in this season you need transformation, if you know in this season that God is calling you out upon the water, that God is calling you to a new work, I'm just going to ask that you raise your hand. Is there one today? Thank you. I see that hand. Now, if you raised your hand, I'm going to ask you to take a step of faith. Come down to this altar so that we, the church, as one body, with one voice, can pray for you together. Come. Beloved, let us applaud them. Let us encourage them as they come, and let us praise God for a day of new beginnings. Let us praise God that his word will not return to him void. Let us praise God that before any of us were formed in our mother's womb, he knew us, and he ordained for us lives that would speak to the generations. Let us praise God that he is doing something even now. Beloved, it is time. This is the time where we need to be praying the most. This is the time. This is that critical moment where everything that has happened up to this point, the worship, the announcements, the offering, the word, everything culminates in this moment. This is the fruit of what of the seeds that were sown so we can give God praise and we can continue to pray. Beloved, they're still coming. Come on, let's all stand. Let us encourage them. Let us believe God for this harvest. Let us believe God for this moment, beloved. We all can remember this moment in our own lives. This moment of, of, of trusting in Jesus, of falling in love with Jesus. And it was the best thing. I don't know about you, but it was the best thing I ever did. I think it was the best thing so many of us ever did. So can we give God praise that is still working, even now? Amen. 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 Now. We are here at the altar with a with a number of different needs, but one almighty God. So whatever you came for, I'm going to ask you now just to pray this prayer with me. Just repeat after me. Father, Father, thank you you for this opportunity opportunity to to receive your love. I repent of my sin of my sin. I believe. I believe Christ died on the cross. Christ died on the cross. To pay the price. Pay the price for my sin. For my and sin. And rose again. And rose again. Conquering death.
0: Conquering death.
2: I confess him. I confess him. As Lord. As Lord. And Savior. And Savior. And your word says. And your word says. I'm born again. I'm born again. Thank you for grace. Thank you for grace. Thank you for mercy. Thank you
0: for mercy. Thank
2: you that no matter how matter how many times
0: Thank you that no matter how many
2: times I fall, I, fall, I can get back up. I can get back up. If I confess, if I confess you, will you will wash me clean. Today, today I will walk by faith, I will walk and, by not faith by sight. and not by sight. Order my steps. Order my steps. Guide, my feet. guide my feet. I pray. I pray. In, in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 And amen. amen. Family, can we give God praise? Can we give God praise for good seed and good ground? Can we give God praise that his word doesn't return to him? void? can we give God praise that he's setting the captives free even now? Family, we believe that if you prayed those prayers, you are born again. You're beginning the process of restoration and you are ready to take new steps in the work. But change is not an event. It's a process. Wherever you are in this walk, I need you to do four things. Begin to study the word. Yet in a Bible teaching church. Tell someone about the decision that you made today. And this is important. Invest in community. Keep showing up. Show up when you want to show up. Show up when you don't feel like showing up. Show up when you're tired. Show up when you're hungry. Show up when so many other things want to distract you from what God has for you. Just keep showing up. And now, beloved, I just want you to take a moment as we look out into the sea of red and turn around, because we got some people who have been praying for this moment, praying for you, and they're continuing to pray for you even now, continuing to believe for your victory in Jesus. Amen. Now, if you are watching online, please call or text the number on the screen. May God continue to bless you. Your life will never be the same.
0: Come on, give God a good hand clap offering. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Christianity is called the great confession. Why? That's how you get saved. If you confess with your, in other words, if you utter words affirming the lordship of Jesus Christ, that's where your salvation begins. It's all about words, words, words. Hallelujah.
1: So the start of an abundant life is truth. If you want the truth, read the word. Amen? Amen. Father God, we thank you so much for the opportunity to receive a word, a word that will challenge our preconceived notions, our preconceived beliefs, beliefs that we have allowed outside external things to develop instead of coming to your word. So, Lord, I pray for our relationship with the Word of God to go deeper. I pray for revelation knowledge. I pray for clarity of vision, sight when reading the Word of God. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I pray for places to help us get these answers that we wrestle with as we read your Word. But ultimately, we go to you in prayer and give us a spirit of discernment to hear your voice as we read the Word of God. Lord, you're a great God, and wonderful God. So we pray for this week and we pray for, for, for traveling mercies with the last minute shopping that's being done. Traveling mercies with the family travel trips, Lord. Pray that you would guide God and govern the paths, protect the vehicles, no matter if it's a plane, train, or automobile, that they will be traveling, Lord. You just anoint them afresh and be vigilant. Surround them, their vehicle. Mm. Make every mechanism work as it is intended to work. So Lord, we pray for just your angels to do what they do. So we pray and say thank you so much. But ultimately we say thank you for the gift of Jesus Christ. We thank you for the gift of Jesus Christ. In Jesus' precious, precious name. Amen
0: and amen. Amen. Come on, give God a good hand clap offering. Give Him some praise. David said, "Let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable in Thy sight, O Lord." Come on, my friend and my redeemer. What are acceptable words to God? Let me give you a few. My God shall supply all of my needs according to his riches and glory. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I am more than a conqueror through him that loved me. Whatsoever born of God overcomes the world. Just a few words that I know will be acceptable in God's sight. Start on it. You've got a whole new year ahead. Let's get to it. Amen. Amen. Uh, just a
1: reminder, we're not going to be in the building for uh, uh, service next week, so please don't come to the gates and get mad because the gates are locked. All right, we want you to enjoy service at home with your family for Christmas Day.
0: Let's say something good is we leave this place, but never God's presence. Jesus, Jesus is, Lord. is Lord. Hear it. We believe it, we, we proclaim, proclaim it, and, and we're seeing it come the to pass. God bless you. We love you. Have a blessed week and a blessed Christmas day. Thanks for tuning in to the A.R. Bernard podcast. I hope you were enriched by the information and or the conversation. Make sure to subscribe by clicking the link in the bio to gain more information about
2: me and the work that I'm doing. Again, thank you and God bless.